Hi guys, this is Luca Vicentini from SDG. I'm a cloud data architect. Stay tuned to understand how we use MongoDB technology to leverage security on real-time systems in healthcare applications. We know that at the moment, healthcare data needs more protection, needs more power to be always reliable and always reachable. Cloud technologies allow us to take those data, work on this data in a transactional way, using your database, always accessible to this platform in real time. So that's what we love. Welcome to the show. Today we're talking with Luca Vicentini. He's a cloud and data architect at SDG Group. This is strategy, decision, and governance. SDG is a global management consulting firm having a leading vision in the practices of business analytics, corporate performance management, and advanced business architectures. Today, we're talking with Luca about healthcare, real-time data, and security, and how they're leveraging the MongoDB platform to help them in their mission. I hope you enjoy this episode. You're listening to the MongoDB Podcast. MongoDB Podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. Hey, Nick. How's it going, man? It's going great, Mike. What are we up to today? Well, we're going to be talking about real-time data. We're going to talk about security and the MongoDB platform. I'm excited to bring the guest in. Let's just bring him in. His name is Luca Vicentini, and he's from SDG. So Luca, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on the podcast. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Fantastic. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who you are and what you do for SDG? Actually, I'm a cloud and data architect. I am the lead of the healthcare application in SDG and the platform solution on the cloud. So we are actually designing and projecting a healthcare solution to allow doctors to keep in touch with its patients in the most secure and reliable way by using your technologies. What a, an amazing industry to be in during this time. I mean, it's a, it's a crazy time in the pandemic. So it must be very rewarding to be at the forefront of, of technology in the healthcare space. What has that been like working on such an important space throughout the pandemic? It's really exciting also because it's a not topic at the moment. Okay, as you, as you said, the pandemic changed our life and also the way we communicate with people and we used to get in touch with people. And when we started talking about healthcare systems, we had the opportunity to change the way they communicate with patients and also the way they used to manage healthcare data. That is a really hot topic at the moment. So in regards to the healthcare systems that SDG is servicing, is it strictly in Europe right now or is it, is it global? Actually, we have POCs coming through all over the world. We have possibilities in Brazil, in England, in Spain, in Italy. We had POCs in South Africa. So actually, it's an international project. And you said that the way that healthcare is storing and accessing their data, it's, it's a real hot topic right now. Do you want to shed some light into what that looked like before the work that you started doing in the healthcare system? So that way we can sort of see how it evolved into what SDG is offering. 
you know, for starting this kind of conversation, I have to say that SDG used to manage a lot of data for our customers. So our business is to take data from our customers and analyze it, empowering what their business case are. So basically what we do is to use AI technologies, to use machine learning and so on, to let our customers take the powerful part of data, allowing them to have a strategical decision on that. So basically we are not freshmen in, in this sectors, and that's what allow us to use those data to help maybe researchers or hospitals or other organizations that are working on healthcare solutions. So that's why we are on that totally. When we're talking about the solution that SDG developed, what is the name of the solution? We have a, a lot of solutions, actually. The started one is called DocDot. DocDot, okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we choose the name also to play on the word doctor, mm -hmm. doc, dot. It's kind of a way to introduce the topic and say, okay, we are here, we can help you. And it's a wording that sounds like technology, internet, and this kind of digital solutions. Yeah, it has me thinking about the right space, right? It's at the intersection of, of healthcare and, and technology for sure. But I did some research and I understand... You mentioned AI, you mentioned ML. Talk a little bit about what the solution does, because I think it's pretty fascinating. Folks listening will be interested in understanding a little bit about how you're leveraging technology in this space. Yeah. As Nick was saying before, technology has changed during time. In the last 20 years, database changes, technologies changes, platforms use this kind of new technologies, cloud services, and those kind of very powerful solutions to let the system be always more powerful, scalable, and more secure. That's why we start talking about healthcare solution in these scenarios. We know that at the moment, healthcare data needs more protection, needs more power to be always reliable and always reachable. Those cloud technologies allow us to take those data, work on this data in a transactional way, put always this kind of data in using your database, always accessible to this platform in real time. So that's what we love. Mm. And uh, another great stuff is that the security could also always be on top. And I guess I can talk about it because we have a lot of stuff to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was specifically referring to a piece of your technology that leverages light signal processing. I think it's called RPPG. Exactly. Talk a little bit about that solution because I found it really interesting when I was reading through it. Yeah, actually it's not a new technology because remote photoplethysmography is a new technology used also in hospital medical devices to take your oxygen saturation from your finger, what we did with our partners is to take this technology and transfer it inside the device by using an SDK that enable us to use this technology through all over our applications. Basically how it works, remote photoprethysmography said, okay, we use the light, the light reflection to go through your blood vessels and read by the use of our machine learning algorithms, some physiological data like oxygen saturation, like heart rate, heart rate variability, stress mm. level, breath rate. And we have also in pipeline something like blood pressure. 
and all this kind of physiological parameter. And if you think about that, this kind of stuff that we just use the front camera of the phone or the finger or the back camera of the phone is quite amazing because we can use a device that everyone uses to monitor people or to allow doctor to, to say, okay, guys, can you help me out to help you out and keep in touch constantly by using just your phone? So DocDot was taught around this idea. So to put in touch doctor with a simple device and say, if something happens, if uh, something wrong happens, I know that in real time and I can talk to you by using your camera. So actually DocDot has uh, also an administrator dashboard that helps the doctor to visualize everything, to create a digital folder of the digital record of the patients. And if something wrong, the doctor can call you directly. So you don't have to schedule anything. You don't have to say, okay, I send you an email about that. No, because DocDot is monitoring you constantly, is giving the doctor the possibility to read all your parameters, all your data, and also your pathology, your symptoms, your medical records. So actually is a very great technology that's also allowed the doctor to know where everything is happening by using geolocalization. Wow. It's a very wide range of solution and functionalities. That is fantastic. And I love the thought of taking the data that we have. We already have that data. It exists. We might not have access to it. The doctors don't have access to it, but now we're democratizing access to that data. And then rather than having to have someone sit there and look at the data coming across, we're essentially setting up a performance monitoring system, a remote monitoring system that leverages AI to determine anomalies and pathology and react on it or alert or notify somebody. That's fantastic. And that's very akin, very similar to what MongoDB did with the operations of the database. Like we don't have people staring at the log files anymore. We look for anomalies in the data coming across and we give our users the ability to be notified when something like that happens. Exactly. Michael, try to put yourself on the other side. Mm. You said we already have this kind of data, but no one uses it. So basically, if you try to centralize data and you say, okay, doctor, you have those data every single day. What could you do with this kind of data? You know, anomaly detection, do whatever with a machine learning to try to clusterize it, to try to play on that, to empower resources. Research is a very great place in, at the moment because uh, we can help doctors to try to understand which correlation are between different behavior of the COVID, I don't know, variation, which kind of uh, pathologies are more affected by the COVID virus. So all this kind of stuff with uh, one data set and a single everyday data coming from all over the patients that you have inside your platform. So basically... I love this kind of idea that data are not static as in the past. When you go to your doctor and say, okay, I'm here. I'm not okay. What's going on? Can you help me out? The doctor is on the other side at the moment that can help you through to this kind of reasoning by just having a look to your data, to having a look to your answers to the questionnaire that we set up for a vertical of situation. And having a look at it, you can 
start saying something. And of course, the classical medicine is always there. So if you need to be in touch with your doctor directly, you can always do that. So I want to take a step back. I have some more questions around RPPG that you talked about with your cellular phone and similar devices. And I think this will tie into just how you're working with your data as well. When we started talking about this, the first thing that came to my mind is, you know what, I've got family members who use ancient phones and things like that. What level of accuracy do these kind of devices provide? And are there strict requirements in the devices that you use? Or does the machine learning behind it kind of fill in the gaps for different variations of technology? That's actually a good question. It always depends on the photo camera quality. The average precision is 98.5% coming from your front camera and up to 99.5% from your back camera. Why there's 1% of difference? Because from the front camera, it's like a video recording. And from the back camera, you have a LED light that is pushing light through your finger directly. So basically, you have your finger touching your camera, illuminated from a LED, quite more precise. You, you don't have any noise in the middle between your finger and the camera as your front camera. I think that uh, this kind of precision is quite amazing, also because you have the same precision of the medical devices. Try, uh, taking your mind that the RPPGs that is used in the hospital has the same precision because they use the same technology, this, the same reflecting light technology. The difference is that we use machine learning to analyze the upper part of the cheeks and study the variation of the blood irrigation in your vessel, in your face vessels, and say, okay, it's okay, it's not okay, which range is, okay? And after that, we take this data and analyzes this data in real time, giving level of risk. So the first application of DocDot was to say, I take this data, I create a digital record of the patient, and I organize this last result by saying, okay, which is the patient that has more or less level of risk and order and the patient is this, in this way. So doctor can say, okay, I have to call Luca because Luca has a, a higher risk to maybe have something. Let's talk with him and get in touch with him. I can say that by phone or by a video call. So this is a great stuff not just have a platform that give you the possibility to talk with your patient, but also to monitor its data. That's the cool stuff. That's pretty awesome. So you're using DocDot to collect this data from patients. Can you talk about your tech stack a little bit? Where does that data go from the mobile device? How does it get there? Things like that. I'd be curious to know. Yeah, data being processed by a very huge REST APIs that manages the connection between the application and the MongoDB and our MongoDB cluster that actually is on the cloud. So we are actually using a Cloud Atlas. We choose to use Cloud Atlas and MongoDB for a lot of reasons. The first reason is data flexibility. Why I'm saying that? Because usually those systems are based on MySQL, so relational databases which is the importance to have a flexible data structure, so no schemas. Those kinds of data, we know that are quite variable. What, what we wanted to achieve is uh, the possibility not to have structures on that. So basically, focus 
on the functionalities, focus on the processes, and not on the structure of the data. This structure can be analyzed later in a lot of ways. Actually, the great stuff of MongoDB is that we can use also connectors to change the data, to create a data structure and analyze it in another way or on other kind of databases. But the transactional part is very important because the flexibility, the reactiveness of the cloud and also the security, it's very important in this case. And cloud data give us the possibility to push the security through maybe encryption at rest, that is the use of the key of a KMS or a key management system to encrypt all the databases. We use client-side field-level encryption to empower the encryption in a deeper way. So what is client-side field-level encryption? It is the possibility to use a second key to encrypt fields directly in the data structure. So basically, if we have sensitive data, we can anonymize it in real time. We have no delays on that. So actually, MongoDB helps us to do a lot of stuff with no delays. I love that. Yeah. I'm curious if I could ask you, Luca, first of all, you're in Italy, correct? Yes. I'm based in Milan. Okay. Based in Milan. How did you get involved in this fascinating space? <laughs> the, the story is quite long, but uh, I think that... Uh, my boss, the CEO of my company, wanted to do a very great investment just at the start of this pandemic period. And when he first talked about this kind of stuff, I said, okay, that's really cool. I want to do that because of the possibility to help people to change stuff was a reality. When you talk about this kind of project, sometimes say, okay, no, it's far away from the reality. Okay, it's too difficult to do that. And when we start talking about that, the chief data scientist came to me and said, okay, Luca, can you imagine doing this with cloud technologies, with a, a flexible solution that can embrace a lot of different scenarios like uh, triage, like research, like hospitals, like insurance, like whatever. Try to imagine this kind of data centralized and analyzed in real time. And I say, okay, let me think about this. That's really cool. And we start working on that. And basically in just one day, we set up the team. And two days later, we were working on that. And we worked day and night for two months saying, okay, we want to reach the target. We want to do this product. And we did it actually. So Incredible. And seeing that this product works, and how people react to that, it was really cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's a wonderful space, and I love that the solution exists. It's wonderful that we're moving forward in healthcare in this way. I'm curious, did Doc Dot emerge leveraging a different set of technologies, or was it built using the current stack? We are actually using a lot of different technologies. The first one is RPPG, as we, as we already mentioned. We based the overall architecture on AWS services. So we are using over 35 different services to ensure security, monitoring, logging, a reliable infrastructure that could scale up, scale out in 
milliseconds, not in seconds. <laughs> we use the same platform to analyze data, to empower communication, to empower messages between the system and the patient, the system and the doctor and the system and whatever is connected to that. We are using events and messages to let the system communicate. All the system is event-driven, so we can ensure the faster communication ever between all the components. And for the application side, we choose to use cross-platform programming. Why we use that? Because with the same code, we can choose the platform we, we want to reach. So basically, with the same code, we can use Apple, we can use uh, Android, we can create also desktop applications like the doctor application in a very easy way. And if you want to create a, a web platform, we can do it too. So that's why we choose the most reliable and cross-platform solution that we have. Mm -hmm. Was DocDot originally architected leveraging relational technologies prior to using MongoDB? No, we totally trusted MongoDB on this side because actually I, I love non-relational databases. <laughs> <laughs> when I start talking about this project, I said, okay, non-relational database. I won't use any relational database. I want to use non-relational databases to do that because from my point of view is faster and more reliable. And uh, I wanted to trust on this because uh, transactional operation are always quite messy, okay? You have to pay attention on a lot of stuff and having a database that allow you not to focus on schemas, on relations, on, I don't know, some very deep management uh, helps me how to, to develop faster and just focusing on functionalities and uh, processes. I don't know if it's okay, the concept, but uh, yeah, absolutely. on my side, it totally helps. Awesome. So you guys are doing some great things over there at SDG. I want to know what is on the roadmap or what you're allowed to talk about that's on the roadmap going forward. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Our roadmap is quite huge, actually. <laughs> so what's your that... favorite stuff then? <laughs> yeah. Create a very huge platform in which to collect this kind of data and to allow researchers, doctors, and data scientists to analyze this kind of data in the most reliable way. This is the first objective. The second target, actually, is to create different application verticals to help different sectors to use the same data collection, to enrich the same data collection, and enrich this kind of data to create a more powerful solution. You know that uh, more data you have, more problem you can solve, actually. <laughs> so those two topics are not so simple, but uh, are very interesting to each, actually. So I'm curious, there are many facets to the MongoDB platform. We've talked about, obviously, the MongoDB database, leveraging that in the cloud versus an on-premise deployment, talked a little bit about getting the data to the database. I'm curious if you're looking at things like scalability, maybe leveraging auto scalability. Have you looked at that at all? Yeah, actually, yes. It's a great topic. It's a great, great question. Also, because when you have real-time solutions, when you have a transactional operations, the first question you have to say is, okay, how many people are using it? How many people are on that? 
how many people are using the application and pushing data on the, on the platform. Actually, if you think about an healthcare system like this, you can talk about million people on the platform. And mm. you need scalability. You need a reliable system. So that's why we choose also the cloud mm. because uh, we have almost never-ending resources on the cloud. Okay, if we allow the system to scale up in, I cannot say never-ending way, but I can say, okay, if I need gigabytes and gigabytes of RAM on very great resources and so on, we can use it on the cloud. That's why we prefer to use this kind of solution instead of a non-prem solution. Because uh, the second stuff that we have to think about is uh, the cost optimization. When you think about this kind of solution are very costly, very expensive, and maybe you cannot have the resources to do that. And the cloud allows you to take the cost under control, optimize it, and have the same power that you need. And also in MongoDB, we didn't choose to host MongoDB in, in Docker or in, in a stateful implementation inside Kubernetes. We decide to use Mongo Atlas for this reason, because also the other very power functionality that, that a MongoDB Atlas has is that you can set up scalability and you can set up the cluster itself in different regions. Database communication is very reliable and fast in this case because uh, the platform, MongoDB Atlas platform, is taking care about this. So actually, it's a very powerful way to try to fix this kind of problem. Mm. And uh, if the people inside the system grows up with time, I don't care. Okay, because uh, behind the scene, I have uh, a lot of power saying, okay, maybe I want to start with a cluster that is an M40, okay, technologically speaking, and I don't care if it scales up, okay, because uh, there are a lot of policies that can allow you to control this kind of cluster and let it scale down when you don't use it. You can customize this kind of policies by using scripting technologies and you can make it more difficult as much as you want. One of my mantras are keep it simple, okay, is keep it simple. Most of the time, the most difficult stuff is to do very solid processes in a simple way. And in this case, it is. Okay, it is simple to have more power when I need it because we are on the cloud, we have a great platform on the side, we have a great services on the other side. So basically, I just have to configure it and wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So in getting ready to wrap, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? I don't know about the platform, about SDG? Yeah, I think that uh, one of the topics that we just mentioned and we didn't go deeper is the security stuff. We mentioned security because healthcare services need security, but uh, we didn't talk so much about that. There's a lot of different problems that can come from this kind of topics. And it's not just about where data is and how it's stored. It's also how data is reached and how it's read and from who. Most of the time, I think that uh, architects in this case, system architects or developers or other people like project managers or product manager had to think more about security because those are very odd topics. 
and uh, we do not have to expose this kind of data in the simplest way because uh, data is an asset. I need more security? Okay, I have to create it. If something custom has to be created, I totally agree on that because security is a very sensitive stuff. And uh, with GDPR, with European laws, with uh, also the, the American laws are going through that by deprecating uh, some whole procedure going in the same range of, of rules uh, that are under GDPR compliance. I think that uh, it's a very, very important to do that. And in this case, uh, um, we use uh, a lot of level of different kind of security, starting from the database, going through the way we manage users, we manage rules inside the system, we manage encryption, we manage the, the way all the systems are talking with the platform. So actually, it's very important to orchestrate and uh, look at the system in the, in the correct way, I think. Mm. Well, Luca, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It's been a fascinating discussion. Thank you very much, Michael. I really thank you about the opportunity to talk about our platform. It was really interesting to talk with you guys mm. and work with you, actually. So really thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com.